You're listening to Ion Dixie, a public affairs program that focuses on issues, bringing them into the public eye. I'm your host, Michael Bigler, and we will be talking about human trafficking, what it is, how many victims there are, and how to fight against it. As my guest, I have Chief Blair Barfus, the chief of police here at Dixie State University. Thank you for being here with me today. Sure. Thanks for inviting me. So, Chief Barfus, before we begin, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, Professionally, I've been in public safety law enforcement for 20 years, specifically working in child exploitation and human trafficking for over 10 of those years. The task forces I've been a part of include the Utah Attorney General's Office, Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force. Currently, I work for the FBI on the Child Exploitation Task Force as one of their cross-deputized task force agents. And that's a lot of stuff to be working for. Sure. Thank you for all your service. Thank you. So what exactly is human trafficking? I know people may have heard about it, may know what it is, but can you give a specific definition of human trafficking? I can. It's pretty lengthy and I'll go into it and break it down a little bit so that it makes more sense. But human trafficking is also known as trafficking in persons. It's commonly referred to as modern day slavery. It's a crime that involves compelling or coercing a person to provide labor or services or to engage in commercial sex acts. The coercion can be subtle. It can be overt. It can be physical. It can be psychological. Uh, The key piece is exploitation of a minor or commercial sex is human trafficking. And that's a piece that gets most of the attention. However, child labor and other issues fall under human trafficking law. How much... uh emphasis does uh, child labor and stuff like that get put on? Because like, as you said, most people focus on the sexual acts, but there is that issue of the child labor and just labor in general of kidnapping people. How much does that get focused on in task force? The the human labor is a small piece because it's primarily dominant outside of the United States. When we think of human trafficking here in the United States, what we see is people brought into the country or people being coerced or forced into uh, sexual exploitation and benefiting individuals. And it looks completely different depending on circumstances, but that's the primary difference is uh, child labor is huge outside of the country in third world countries and others. However, in the United States, it shifts and focuses towards commercial sex trafficking. Okay. Thank you so much. So how many victims are there usually of human trafficking per year, or at least a close approximation? Internationally, the estimated numbers are between 600 and 800,000 individuals are annually exploited through the definition given, which is pretty broad. So any kind of uh, modern day slavery or compelling or forcing an individual to perform services or acts falls into that category. So 600 to 800,000 internationally across the world. Uh, you break that down and here in the United States, we're averaging about 14,500 to 16,500 of those uh, numbers. The key piece is with these numbers, they're misleading because human trafficking, one, is hard to identify. Two, the victims do not report as much as we would like because they're in fear for a number of reasons. And three, it's just one of those things that's hard to document adequately. So those numbers that we just produced, 600 to 800,000 internationally and 14 to 16,000 here in the United States, in our opinion, is low. What are the signs of a potential human trafficking exploitation? I know you say that it's hard to profile, but there are definitely signs that like people can see that may hint that they're either being targeted by a human trafficker, correct? There are a lot of times the individuals that come across trafficking victims, it always goes down to the gut check. 
or something did not seem right, or something compelled them to ask the question of the individual that they were concerned about. You'll read in the papers and you'll uh, read in police reports and federal investigation reports that the person that identified or located a trafficking victim simply knew something was off. And oftentimes these individuals that uh, notice these cues are in the service industries, your flight attendants, your hotel workers, your individuals in retail or in convenience stores. And a lot of times the things they notice is uh, just an individual who does not appear to be actively engaged in whatever the activity is of the person they're around, or they cower and they they appear to be afraid or they appear to be confused or uh, whatever it may be. But, it, you know, a lot of people say, oh, we need facts. Oh, we need actual cues. And a lot of times it's just that gut check. It's that feeling that something's not right. And that spurs the majority of reported victims. So, the yeah, the gut check is definitely the, just the best way to kind of get a feel for a possible human trafficking situation. Right. And as law enforcement, our follow up on that is if there's ever a question, error on the side of reporting, call law enforcement, call 911, let somebody know and let us at least look into it. There's no harm in walking away from something that's not, but there is harm in not reporting and not allowing uh, law enforcement or federal agencies to even ask the questions. Okay, so it's not necessarily always in a, a case of abduction. It's no, mainly those are, rare. Just, those are rare. So it's mainly just about exploiting a person to do these kinds of acts. It's almost always uh, somebody who comes across as a friend or a family friend who gains the trust of the person who slowly works in into a place where uh, they lose the control of their movement, their activities, their communication with the outside world with their family. And that's why when we talk about the definition, we go into the specific psychological control. Uh, it's not just physical, it's overt, it could be subtle, but you look at these individuals that gain the trust and then move in and start tightening the reins. And before long, there's absolutely no control for these victims. I see. So where is human trafficking more prevalent in the world? I know you say that there's, um, Internationally, it's pretty big. Is there a right. specific area that maybe is has a lot more cases than the other? Well, when we look internationally, absolutely. You look at certain countries, and if you go to the federal agency websites, the State Department specifically has hundreds of pages of annual reports specifically on human trafficking where they rank each country and they show the demographics, they show the lack of government control, they show and demonstrate the populations that are being trafficked. And it's eye-opening to say the least, but when you look at countries that are on that top tier as being problems in the world, the World Health Organization and the State Departments and all the federal agencies put together this report and you read about places like Chad, Nigeria, you, you read about Thailand and uh, many other third world countries where prostitution or soliciting children is commonplace, simply trying to make money. And uh, it's not right at all. But the big issue uh, when it comes to federal law enforcement is the individuals that travel to those countries specifically to engage in those acts. Uh, sex tourism is a huge issue. We don't need to have it here in the United States to know that we have citizens of this country that are traveling to these third world countries to engage in criminal acts and destroy other individuals. And that's completely wrong. And that's something we focus on. 
Have there been cases of human trafficking in Utah? And if so, how many victims have there been? One of the interesting websites that we'll provide a link for in the bio is humantraffickingonline.org. And you can drill down to each state and see the active current statistics for human trafficking. Uh, This year in Utah, they're reporting as of today, 207 contacts with 90 trafficking cases being reported. Uh, It goes back like four years worth of stats. And if you look on the dashboards, it gives you a real life picture. Referring back to the definition uh, where exploitation of a minor for commercial sex is human trafficking. Uh, The reason why some of the numbers are large here in Utah and why we're considerate high risk is because our federal agencies, state agencies, the FBI, the ICAC task forces, and many other investigators throughout the state are actively engaged in online personas and trying to find these individuals that are seeking out children for sex acts. One of the assignments uh, that I specifically do is we go online in an undercover capacity. And if there's an individual that travels to meet a child for sex, that falls under human trafficking. Those kinds of cases count towards our total numbers. And so the reason why I believe Utah to be high in human trafficking numbers is because we're actively engaged and our proactive law enforcement work is very successful. You read daily in papers throughout the state of individuals being arrested for showing up to engage in sex with children. And that's 90% of the time because law enforcement's working on the back end for months and months to uh, see if we can locate these individuals that are willing to engage in that kind of behavior. So we're always able to, not always, you said 99%, but we're pretty active in getting these people, arrest these people that have been traveling to meet for children for sexual acts. Right. And through these proactive efforts, we come across the individuals that have already been arrested for child sex abuse and they get uh, federal sentences for a second offense, which puts them away for a very long time. Uh, We come across individuals that uh, hide in the shadows, as we like to say, you know, the individuals that are transient in ways of being truck drivers or traveling across the country and not having a specific place that they call home. We come across individuals that are homegrown and born and raised here locally. Uh, We come across individuals that are 18 years old all the way to late 80s. And there's no pattern as to who engages in this. However, we know that we're successful because we make arrests weekly in this kind of uh, proactive enforcement. So how are people fighting human trafficking today? Uh, There's a lot of different ways that individuals can help the human trafficking awareness and enforcement. There's a lot of private organizations and nonprofit organizations. And a simple Google search for human trafficking organization will result in dozens and dozens of these opportunities to assist. One of the key requests that we make for those working in state and local federal task forces is that individuals, before they write the check or before they give up their uh, well and hard-earned financial and resources and their volunteer time is to do some research into the organizations, look into the past of each organization, see where the money goes. A lot of times we have a little frustration because the majority of the money goes to campaigning, it goes to hosting events, and very little of it goes to the actual enforcement piece. Other groups are great at partnering with local, state, and federal law enforcement. And it just depends on what kind of program you want to work with or work for. 
but we ask that you do a little bit of research rather than just go off of what the first thing that flashes up and rather than just writing the check, know where the funds are going and whether it's going to make a significant impact other than just bringing more awareness to the problem. We like to see uh, focus on effort. All right, perfect. And we'll provide those links down in the description. Right. Thank you so much for coming in today, Chief Barfus. Is there anything you want to leave with the listeners? No, I'll just leave with thanking our community members. I mentioned it just a moment ago, but the community involvement directly impacts the success of public safety. And so if there's a specific issue or concern, reach out to your elected officials, reach out to your local police chiefs or their administration and have that discussion. And uh, through discussion and through collaborative partnerships, we'll be far more successful than working independently. Awesome. Thank you so much once again, Chief Barfus. You can find this episode of Ion Dixie on the Radio Dixie 91.3 Podbean page. And if you look in the bio, you can find all the links to the websites mentioned in this interview. You have been listening to Ion Dixie. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>